0: Hey, this is Pastor Aaron Pino. I'm the lead pastor of Overflow Church, and I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. It's my prayer that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps develop you in the spiritual maturity. Enjoy the message. Here's what you need to understand. The devil does have power. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So he has power, but watch this. He has lost his authority. We now have authority and power. So you are more powerful than the devil. Come on now. You have more authority than the enemy. So no matter what kind of hell is breaking out in the earth, You don't have to lose heart because Jesus said in this life you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So listen, the darker it gets, the brighter we get. Come on now. The colder it gets, the hotter we get. Come on now. So just be encouraged, even with with your students as you send them off this year to school. I know we have some college students leaving. I'm praying for the mothers in the house. Who have color. Renee says, yes, I am. I'm literally, I am praying for you, okay? I am. I remember when my older brother went to, to college, you thought she would have lost somebody, and I said, you got two more sons. <laughs> it's all right. Amen. <clears throat> turn with me to Ephesians chapter two, verses 18 through 22. And then as you turn there, I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter three starting in verse six. So just put your finger in Ephesians and then put your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter three. And I'm gonna do my very best to give you this word. Um, You gotta listen quickly though, okay? Listen quickly. I'll talk fast, but you gotta listen fast, okay? How many love Jesus in the room today? Amen, Amen. Amen. me too. All right, Uh, Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Let it be manifested in this house today. Run swiftly upon our hearts and let it go deep down on the inside of us, cutting the things away that need to be cut away, uprooting the things that need to be uprooted and cultivating the things that need to be cultivated. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word and we call it all done in Jesus, my name. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse 18. I'm going to read it. You can follow along. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James version. It says this for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the father through who Jesus Christ verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Pause right there. I say it. I've been saying it every week, the last four weeks. This will be the conclusion of We Are a House, the series, okay? But you need to understand this. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we are no longer orphans. Hallelujah. We are now the children of God. And we aren't redheaded stepchildren. I'm sorry for any redheads in the room. That's a really bad phrase, you know what I mean? Thank you, Disney, for that. Right? But we're not some kind of stepchildren that get put in a dungeon somewhere that are in the house but don't have any access now through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ we are now established in stature and reputation in the household of God just as Jesus Christ himself has stature and reputation in the household of God don't get quiet on me now I talked about this last week y'all okay come on now We now have the same authority, power, and access that our older brother Jesus Christ has. Someone say glory. Glory. That should get you excited. And so what Paul is writing right here is this. You're no longer an orphan. You are a child of God in the household of God. Verse twenty, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. He's our model. He's our our uh, our uh, uh, the one who goes before. He's our pioneer. You know, he he's the one that we model everything after. Right? He's the chief cornerstone. In Him, whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple. Look look at your neighbor and say, you're a holy temple. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're a holy temple. Now put your hand on your chest and say, I am a holy temple. temple. Now come on now, that should get you excited. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Oh, man. What's amazing about that portion of Scripture, it lets us know that we're not only family of God, but we are also a, the house of God. My God, my God. We are the household of God. Come on now. The Bible just told us in Ephesians chapter 2 that the Spirit of God dwells in us. We dwell together, and together we are creating a dwelling place for the presence of God. My goodness. My goodness. That is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. You realize that we are part of something that is the greatest happening in all of the universe. The fact that God would, I've been saying it every every week for the last four weeks. I want you to get in your spirit. The son of God came to the sons of man to make the sons of man now sons of God. Right? That is the greatest happening in, in, in all of the universe. The king left his throne to come down to be like the subjects. He died to make the subjects sons, and now the sons are now kings in the kingdom. You realize Revelation says that Jesus is the king of kings. So if he is the king of kings, where are the other kings? He's not talking about presidents. He's not talking about rulers. He's not talking about Putin over here and Biden over here or or so on. No, no, no. He's talking about you and I. The Bible says that you and I are now part of a holy priesthood. We are priests and kings unto the Lord. So look at your neighbor and say, you're a king. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're a king. Come on now. You're a king. You're a king. You're a king. It's like Oprah. You get a car and you get a car. You Listen, because we are now part of the household of God, you and I are now kings in the kingdom. Now, there is a king of all kings, and his name is Jesus. But you and I now have been brought into the stature in the kingdom as, as fellow kings in the kingdom. We have a ruler. His name is Jesus. But you and I now can operate in this thing with authority and with power. Why is that important? I'll tell you why that's important. Because God, if you read in scripture, God puts people in families. He established them in tribes in order to take over territories. We're talking about we are a house. We are a house. We are a house. You need to understand that you are part of the household of God. You are part of the family of Jesus. My God, my God. Now, I know some of y'all might have from some messed up backgrounds in y'all's families. Now, I'm not going to say me too because they might be listening, but just know. We are part of the best family that has ever been. He established us in families in order for us to have identity. And when you understand your identity, you can then move in authority. I don't have time to go into all this. I'm kind of recapping the last three weeks. So I'm going to give you some new stuff this morning in the next six minutes. Pray for your pastor. He puts us in families in order for us to have identity, but when, he's in that, when you're in that family, he also puts you in a tribe. If you read in Genesis chapter 49, Jacob is laying hands on his 12 children, and he lays hands on them, and he prophesies over them, and he calls out, The characteristics of that tribe. There was families within the tribe, but the tribes developed the characteristics. That's why you have the tribe of of Levi. The characteristics were priests in the temple. That's why you have characteristics of, of Reuben who had power, but he had no authority because he went into his father's bed. I don't have time to teach on all that, okay? But there are characteristics on that tribe. That's why you have the tribe of Judah. Which Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, somebody. Meaning that it's not to give praise, but Judah means to be praised. If you read in Genesis chapter 49, Jacob laid hands on, on Judah and he said, Your brothers shall praise you and you shall move in authority. Read your Bible. I'm telling you, it's right there. It's right there, okay? So tribes... Let you know the characteristics of how you should function. And the good news is, is we are now part of the household, the family of God, and we are now part of the tribe of Jesus. Woo-wee. Come on now. Anyway, let me move on. Let me move on. The tribe of Jesus. That means you have characteristics like your elder brother, Jesus. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can cast out devils. You can cleanse the leper. Freely you have received. Now you must freely give. Come on now. Jesus said it in in Mark. He said, in my name, you shall. Come on, speak in other tongues. Untie my bow tie. Now, all right, that went over your head. I'm trying to break it up here because I'm moving fast, right? But you can speak in tongues. It says that you shall lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Mark said this, Oh, the book of Mark said this, Jesus said this in the book of Mark, you shall pick up, you shall drink something deadly and it won't hurt you. You can handle a snake and it won't affect you. Now, I'm not talking about snake handling this morning, okay? We don't don't believe that mess here. Come on now. (laughs) Y'all see some of them TLC shows, you know what I mean? Anyway, these guys are literally out there with pythons and not pythons, like, anyway, I'm, I'm just like, that's not what it meant there, brother out there like "Mm." I'm like no 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 what that means is we can handle demonic powers effectively and we won't be hurt by them glory be to God come on now you have more power than the devil did I just say it you have more authority than the devil that's what that was meaning so you have families you have tribes But then God establishes you in a family and gives you the characteristics of a tribe in order for you to take over territories. We are a house. We are a house. And we're not just a house, so that way we can have our identity, not so we can just have characteristics, but God has put us in the household of God in order for us to take territories for our kingdom. Jesus said this, you must occupy until I come. Now, I know they got the pad playing in the background. I told them to do that, right? So don't be distracted by that, but you need to pay attention to this. Jesus said, until I come back, you have to occupy. What does occupy mean? It does not mean sitting down and just waiting. Jesus is coming back soon. I'm just holding on. Jesus is coming back soon brother just hold on now you know the world is getting darker and darker just hold on Jesus is coming back and if we can just hold on we're going to get out of here in the twinkling of an eye and we're going to be taken out of here whenever the with whenever the earth goes and 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 all this stuff no listen 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 and this house we know and believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again. Come on. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. Come on now. Jesus is coming back again, y'all. Amen. All right. Don't get quiet on me now. Some of y'all are trying to have that preterist point of view. I'm about to slap that mess out of you right now. Jesus is coming back. But until he comes back, we have a job to do. And the job we have to do that he has commissioned us for is to take ground on his behalf, is to take territory for him. I believe it's territory in families, in school, uh, in education, territory in the entertainment sector. Hello? We're not just taking ground whenever we have a big building with, with lots of Christians in the building, Right? The way you know that we are advancing the kingdom of heaven is not by the seating capacity of a church, but by the sending capacity of a church. Amen. Come on now. That's why God, has, I'm, I'm meddling now, but just, but just understand this, right? You have been part of the house of God to be a dwelling place for the spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news. But have you read your Bible? In Acts chapter two, the spirit fell in a house, but it didn't stay in a house. The spirit of God fell in the upper room, but it didn't stay in the upper room. You're a dwelling place for the Spirit of God in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. But the reality is, is the spirit that's on the inside of you is not just so you could come to church, sit on a chair. Dance a little jig on a Sunday morning when we play the songs that you like. That's all. I'm going to come on now glory be to God. Turn the pad louder y'all, turn the pad louder. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, right? That is not why you have the spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord is dwelling on the inside of you. That way when you leave this place, the spirit of God leaves with you. And it affects everything around you. Come on. Territories. You're part of the family of God. You're part of the tribe of Jesus. And the reason why you have been in a family and established in a tribe is in order for you to take territory. How am I doing? You guys getting anything out of this this morning? Let's read this 1 Corinthians chapter 3 real quick, okay? You can follow along. It says this. Starting at verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. He says this. I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. Come on now. Your, your co-laborers in, in the field, your brothers and sister, to, your, to, to the right and left of you, come on now. The Bible just says you are one. I'll go somewhere in just a minute. And each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. For we, watch this, for we are God's fellow workers. Wait, wait, what? What are you talking about there? Watch this. For we are God's fellow workers. What does that mean? That means while you work your field, God works with you. While you are working, God is working. Glory be to God. Let's keep reading. You are God's field. You are God's building. What did we just read in Ephesians? That we are the building of God, the household of God. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Okay, let me just say these quick things real quick. I'll pray for you. We'll go have snow cones and... You can go release the Spirit of God in the Earth. Hallelujah, okay? What we read right there is this: Paul understood something. Paul understood that he was called to take territory. You understand that? He said, "Look, I got saved and I, I planted. Apollo swattered, but God gave the increase. Paul understood that when he got saved, that he wasn't just to be a bump on the log. Holding on till Jesus Christ came back. Paul understood that he had a job to do. But what Paul also understood was this: Paul understood that he had a function, but God's responsibility was the fruit. Now, now, now stay with me just a second, okay? Paul had function, but God had the fruit. We have a function but God has the fruit. We have a job to do but the results rely on God. <laughs> it's all right. I can hear the crowds and the multitudes cheer me on in my head right now. It's all right. You need to understand something. We have to become fully reliant on God. It's so, it's so interesting. The other day, uh, I was in a time of worship and prayer, and uh, the Lord spoke to me, and he says this. He said, Aaron, you can do what you want, but I bless what I want. I said, come come again? Come again? What, what, uh, say that one more time. He said, Aaron, you can do what you want, but I bless what I want. It's so funny. Afterwards, I, I share my revelations with Ashley just to make sure, you know, I'm on the right track and I'm not a heretic or anything like that. And I said, babe, I was in worship the other day and, and God, she's laughing because she, she knows exactly where this is going right now. And uh, I said, God said, Aaron, you could do what you want, but I bless what I want. And she goes, mm-hmm. I said, what you mean, mm-hmm? Get out here with that mm-hmm mess. What you, what you saying mm-hmm for? She said, Aaron, I've been praying for you. (laughs) Thank you, woman of God. I appreciate that. But here's the reality. We've been establishing families. We have a characteristic of a tribe in order for us to take territories. And I need you to get deep inside your spirit that you have to rely on the Lord to accomplish the job that he has given you to accomplish. Mm. because how many times have we had a, a good idea but it wasn't a God idea and because it was just a good idea we've just turned our wills over and over and over and over and over again you, you feel like you're doing all this work and all this action but whenever you look at, at at the end of the day what have you really accomplished Paul understood I have a function I planted Apollo swattered but it was God It was God. It wasn't Paul. It wasn't Apollos. It was God who brought the increase. Friend, you need to understand something today. You are where you're at spiritually because you serve a good God. You are at where you're at, where you have been assigned a territory to overtake and to overthrow, not because you are some big, bad, look at me now person. No, it's because God has graced you. It's because God is a good God. It's because God is merciful. Because God is is full of justice. Come on now. We need God to accomplish the job that he has given us to accomplish. And I love what Paul said. We keep on reading this. He says this, God, God brought the increase. We're fellow laborers with God. Hallelujah. I love that fact. You know, God is working. We're working alongside God. He is the master everything. He's the master planner. He's the orchestrator. He, and he's invited us into this thing, right? I love the fact that we are co-laboring together with Christ. We are partnering together with God. Come on, somebody. That's great news. But what I love, what Paul said, I'm going to close with this, okay? I'm going to close, let me close my Bible. Give you all a sense of false hope. (laughs) Paul said this He said, I have been graced as a wise master builder, I have built the foundation. But another builder builds on that foundation. If you go on to read, we didn't read it here, but Paul said, there is no other foundation that can be laid than that of Jesus Christ. But catch this phrase in here, and I promise I'm gonna say this, and we're gonna wrap it up, snow cones, yippee, okay? Paul understood this, that he was graced by God to do the job. Friend, you need to understand this. Grace, let me just set the record straight. Grace is not a ticket to get out of hell free. Mm. I've met so many believers where they say, well, there's grace, brother. I could just go out and get drunk and, and on, on a Saturday night and come to church on Sunday morning, and there's grace. It, don't, it doesn't work that way. I've met believers, I, mem- I, mem- mm, I, I have too many stories. But I've literally met people before and they said, I'm just going to, We have little kids in the room, so I'm going to use a big word that they don't understand, okay? I'm going to go around and fornicate on Saturday night. Then Sunday morning, I'm going to come to church and lift my hands and worship because there's grace, brother. There's grace. That's a greasy grace. That's That's a sloppy, jalopy grace. That is not how it works in Scripture. If you read in the book of Romans, it says this. If you keep on sinning, and trampling underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ, it becomes null and void in your life. Ah, What in the world? I bet you didn't read that one before, did you? Read your Bible. You keep on sinning. Anyway, Anyway, let's come back a little bit. I know that got heavy for one second, right? But grace is not so you can just get out of hell free. What grace is, listen to me now, grace is divine power, for your divine purpose. Grace is divine power for your divine purpose. Hello? Paul didn't say, I went out and sinned all all my life. I'm a sinner right now, and I'm just continually sinning and sinning, but I've been graced by God to be a wise master. no, he didn't say that. He said, I have been graced by God Graced by God to do what? Be a wise master builder. You need to understand something. that That God has graced you for your assignment. If you're called into business, God has graced you for business. If you are called into the family arena, God has graced you for family. Come on now. If you're called into ministry, God has graced you for ministry. God has given you divine power for your divine purpose. But here's the reality. The grace comes from him. Only from him. Not anything you can do in and of yourself. So we are a house, y'all. We are a house. We are a house. We are part of the household of God. We are part of the tribe of Jesus. And we have been commissioned to take territories on behalf of the kingdom we're part of. Come on, stand with me all over the room. Thanks for joining us and listening to this week's podcast. I want to give a special thanks to those who generously give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is made possible. If you would like to give, you can click the link in the show notes or go to overflowchurch.co slash give. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe and share this with your friends. And listen, if you're in the Las Vegas area, We would love to see you at one of our weekend services. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.